0: Listening to UDAY, this is the Rob Report. Good afternoon, Natil.
1: It is a good afternoon. It is sunny and warm. It doesn't even feel like November.
0: Yeah, it feels a little weird out there. You know it's November and then you walk outside and uh, I went up to the store earlier today. I didn't even wear a coat or anything. It's beautiful out. It's fabulous. We're lucky. All right, we're uh, in a moment going to be joined by Public Service Commissioner Julie Fedorchek. We had a, um, there was a headline earlier this week about artifacts uh, found in the path of the Dakota Access Pipeline. Uh, it was some stone cairns, uh, apparently, uh, which a I, I, I cairn, like a, a little pile of rock sometimes used to, to mark trails, sometimes used to mark... Uh, grave sites, um, although I I believe it was determined these weren't grave sites. Uh, I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, the pipeline company reported them to the State Historical Society, but there was a delay in reporting them to the Public Service Commission. And now there may be a fine for that. So we're going to talk with Commissioner Julie Fedorchuk about that. Also coming up at 1.30, Morton County Commissioner Cody Schultz. We're going to talk to him. Uh, obviously, uh, the Dakota Access Pipelines have impacted his community uh, that he represents his county in a big way. We had some recent comments from President Barack Obama saying he'd like to let this situation play out for several more months. And, uh, well, we'll find out how uh, Mr. Schultz feels like that with a, uh, a view from the ground. If you want to join the program, 701-293-9000 is the local number, 888-970-9329 is the toll-free number. You can also email talk at WDAY.com. Uh, Let's go to our guest right now, Commissioner uh, Julie Fedorchuk. Julie, thanks for your time.
1: Good afternoon, Rob. Thanks for the invitation to be here. Uh,
0: Tell us what happened last week, or I, I guess what came to light last week.
1: Well, what came to light is we got a report from our third-party construction inspector, which the PSC hires to be our eyes and ears out on the construction site during this process. They aren't there 100% of the time, but they do spot checks. And they were doing a, an inspection, and they came across an area that had been flagged off in the route, and it was clear to them that the company had found something in that area. It appeared to be an unanticipated discovery. And there's a process in place for how to handle those, and so they talked to their the the company folks, found out how it had been handled. Talked, uh, we're told that the company was working with the archaeologists and the and the state archaeologists, all of which is is proper and in order. And but then they checked our records, and we haven't been told about it yet. So they reported this to us. After which, we went back to the company and said. What's going on? You need to explain to us what you've done here. What's what's the status? What did you find? How did you handle it? And who authorized you to con- continue um, proceeding? Uh, that's what's required by our uh, our our order to them. Our permit requires them when they. Um, have an unanticipated discovery like this. There's a very well thought out plan for dealing with it and they, they involved the experts that need to be involved. We've got no issue with that. In fact, I'm very comfortable and comforted that that worked as well as it did. But they didn't tell us that's also part of the requirement. I believe strongly in transparency in government and and maybe they would have told us. We don't know that, though, because they didn't report it to us until we went to them and requested that they let us know what happened. Our third-party inspectors found it. So, you know, that's a, that is not in accordance with our order and we want to make sure that they are uh, being really upfront and, and straightforward with what's going on out there and understand the importance of, of transparency in their work.
0: Seven zero one two nine three nine thousand eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. I, I want to be clear because this—I mean—the debate around this thing has become a, a political tinderbox, unfortunately. And, and so, I, I want to be clear: the artifacts were protected. Yes.
1: Absolutely. The artifacts were protected, and I've okay. been really careful to say over and over again that, that the most important part of our requirement is that, that the artifacts get protected, that construction stops, the artifacts are identified, the boundaries, they're protected, and the route is moved around those to, to not um, cause any harm to the artifacts, and that was all handled appropriately.
0: How, when, when, when the when this first broke, the quotes from the from the pipeline company made it sound like they had followed all their 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 plans, and you know they they said you know well we contacted the historical society, the historical society you know inspected it, we moved the route, we followed all our rules, but you're saying that the order from the public service commission required them to also tell you folks.
1: Uh, Yeah, absolutely, it does. I mean, I can read from our order right here, you know, they need to, um, if it's discovered during construction, it must be marked, preserved, and protected from further disturbances until professional examination can be made, and report of such examination is filed with the commission and the State Historical Society, and clearance to proceed is given by the commission.
0: So they, they followed, they told the Historical Society, but, but the thing that they did wrong here is they did not tell the Public Service Commission. What, what, what is the reaction of the commission when you get a report like this? What do, what do you folks do with it?
1: Well, in this case, I mean, when we first heard about this, we had no idea what was found and how it was handled. So I was very concerned. That the actual finding might have been a grave, and I didn't know how it had been handled. Once I got the information, uh, in terms of you know how they proceeded, how the, the state historical um, archaeologists were involved, and in what they looked at, I got pictures of all of it. Um, that you know all was well. I mean, that happened pretty effectively, and and the most important thing is it was protected. But you know we have to have the transparency as well it's our responsibility to oversee this permit make sure that they're um standing up to all the requirements in it and it's it's disturbing when you hear about something that happened 10 days earlier or eight days earlier from a third-party inspector who's out there, not from the company who's supposed to tell you about that stuff when it happens. So so that's concerning. That's not the kind of transparency we want or accept, I, I expect. I think the company agrees. My understanding is they recognize that they should have let us know and didn't. it's not the worst possible um, by any stretch violation of our order and so I don't expect that our our complaint and our fine will be significantly high but it is a violation and we want to be you know sincere and, and effective in following through with this sort of thing and making sure that the companies are held to the high standards.
0: Well, tell us. I was I was just reading, and I'm I'm glad you brought up the fine because I was just reading in Amy Dalrymple's um, article from yesterday where she was talking about a fine. Uh, tell us about that process. I mean, what's I I I understand that that there's a there's a range that that's possible. Tell us how that works.
1: Sure. the the Our uh, law allows for a fine of up to ten thousand dollars per day for uh, as long as a violation is in place. So in this case, that would result in $10,000 per day as a maximum for 10 days, so $100,000. That would be the maximum possible fine. Uh, I don't view this as the worst possible uh, violation that would warrant the maximum, maximum possible fine. So I don't I wouldn't um, embrace a fine of that size. Our staff will evaluate it, they'll complete the investigation, make sure all the facts are in order, they'll make the formal complaint, we'll look at that next week, and they'll have a recommended fine and we'll um, take it from there. The company can either choose to pay that fine or uh, they'll reply to the complaint that's filed by our staff they'll provide their perspective and then we can go to a hearing and each side can tell their their um, make their case and then we would make a decision the commissioners uh, uh, would make a decision on the ultimate um, steps that would be taken whether it be a fine or whether you know it's some for some reason there's some legitimate uh, way or reason why the company didn't report it and it should be dismissed whatever but uh, but that would happen you know down the down the down uh, the road a few Weeks, perhaps, once all this other information comes forward, I expect that the company will pay the fine and we'll be done with it.
0: Oh, my I, I, I don't I don't want to say there's anything positive about this because it's 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 not good what the company did. They should have alerted the PSC. that's what's required of them. and and uh, you know, hopefully uh, you folks will levy an appropriate fine and they'll pay it. And like you say, we can all move on. If there's a silver lining in this, though, I I, I guess, and and again, with with a lot of the, I guess what I would describe as as wild claims about the pipeline company being sort of um, uh, dismissive of of, of the potential for graves or or artifacts and and destroying them and just sort of running roughshod over the countryside, I, I think what this illustrates, even though they didn't report it quickly to the PSC, what it illustrates first to me is that you folks in the state government are doing your jobs. Um, you know, when when they didn't, even though we got the right outcome, they didn't follow every step, so they're probably going to be fine. That I think, as a citizen, gives me a level of confidence that the states, you know, enforcing the rules. But also, I really like that the pipeline company did contact the experts and did get an evaluation of the artifacts and Karen's find, and did move the route to protect uh this this minor archaeological find that that seems to me an illustration that the process works even though it didn't work exactly perfectly there's multiple layers of 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 transparency and and checks and balances i mean to me that this this episode though not entirely positive should give north dakotans a a degree of certainty that the process works and and these things are protected
1: That's, you know, that's right. I think that that's why you have an unanticipated discovery plan. We've talked about this for the last couple of months, and I don't think the public maybe until now realizes what the purpose of that is and how important it is that you have that type of thing in place. That's a big deal. That plan was developed far in advance. It was part of the approval process process. And the State Historical Preservation Officer reviewed that plan and signed off on it and said this plan is adequate. And that's the plan that kicks in in this kind of a situation where there's a find during construction. And it halts construction and triggers and requires that the experts come in. Uh, this is not uncommon. It happens. It's happened in other pipelines. It's just not something that you necessarily always hear about because it, it happens and the routes are changed and, and uh, the projects move on. But, yes, it's how it's intended to be. It's a it's a pretty proven process. And it is comforting to know that it worked in this case, even, you know, with all the scrutiny and attention that's uh, been brought to this um project it's it's really important that the company do everything right
0: yeah no I, yeah all eyes need to be dotted t's needs to be crossed because man everybody in the world seems to be watching this one julie thanks for your time appreciate it thank you rob Have- that's a uh, public service commissioner julie Fedorchek. i'm rob port more straight ahead 701 293 9000 do not go away Port here
2: on
0: You know, this Dakota Access thing, I think it'd be fair to call it overall an, an anti-oil protest. I, I know that sometimes they like to claim that they just want to reroute the pipeline or they just want to, you know, promote Native American rights. And, and I, I certainly think that those are factors for, for at least some of them. I I, th- I think the most outspoken elements of, of the protest, the uh, so sometimes the most extreme elements. Certainly, you know some of the groups the tribe has, has partnered with, like Earth Justice, which is representing the the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe in court, which says right on their website they want to stop you know they want to stop oil, they want to block oil. So I, I think it's fair in a lot of ways to call it an anti oil protest. And the ironic, and I I actually checked the numbers. I got numbers from the North Dakota Tax Commissioner's office today uh it has had all, all these protesters have had a pretty significant impact on on fuel sales and in, in fact including at a um a, a service station owned by a, a gas station owned by standing rock chairman david archambault um looking at fuel sale numbers and the reason why these are public is the uh the standing rock reservation has a, a fuel tax uh agreement with the state of north dakota and so all the all the data and everything gets reported, and it's public data. And the um, the Hawks Corner fuel sales, used to be known as the Cannonball Pit Stop, owned by uh, Chairman Archambault, has seen a 178% increase in gas sales in August and September 2016 compared to the same month's 2015. 178%? Prairie Nights Casino has seen a uh, like a 36% increase. Anyway, all the data is at sayanythingblog.com. Check it out. Uh, Jim has a question. Jim, what's up?
2: Hi, well, more kind of a comment, Rob, you know. Uh, I've been following your reporting of this uh, Dakota Access Pipeline, and you know what, I've found it. uh, You know, you you approach things in a logical manner. uh, You examine both sides. um, You know, you use the facts. Okay, but you you know what I find disturbing is when people say you're being divisive because you're reporting the facts. And what I really find disturbing is when when I hear a morning talk show host who's uh, on an opposite station call you a racist because you're reporting the facts on the Dakota access pipeline. You know, I just keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a good job.
0: Well, thanks. Um, To tell you, uh, I I don't, I don't know who the talk show host you're talking about is specifically. And uh, I don't really care if that's the sort of claim they're going to make. I I don't, I don't know what makes a person racist about reporting factual information. Um, You know, I, I don't, i don't care what the race is of the people protesting down there is i think they're wrong based on their position and i illustrate my my arguments with with facts and data and that have nothing to do with their race at all period you know i think they're wrong about the pipeline i do think that we could talk about maybe ways of including native american voices better in these sort of projects i'm more than happy to have that debate but if, if the position is let's just not build, let's just shut down the Dakota Access Pipeline Project, sorry, I don't agree. I don't care what your race is. 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329. Thanks for the support, Jim. I really appreciate it. Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be back. Don't go away. No back this is rob port on WDAY am 970 you can uh call in if you'd like 701-293-9000 you can uh call the toll-free number 888-970-9329 you can email me to talk at wday.com my uh my guest now is morton county commissioner cody schultz and uh he is—he uh, is somebody. He obviously he's a—he's uh, one of the leaders in in Morton County, which is where most of the uh, protesting against the Dakota Access Pipeline has taken place. Uh, Cody, thanks for your time.
2: Thanks for having me, Rob.
0: How's things in Morton County today?
2: Um, relatively calm today, um, so we're we're thankful for that. Um, obviously, protest activities continue. Uh, now, when these protests are. Truly peaceful and prayerful, uh, we're completely supportive of that. Uh, it's when it becomes um, unlawful and violent where, where where we have to respond.
0: I think that's I, I think that's a distinction a lot of people are missing. I mean, when when you know you read in in the national media, you would think that these protesters were just trying to exercise their First Amendment rights, and then we're getting. Uh, steamrolled by by law enforcement who just wants to build a you know is, is on the side of the pipeline and i i think the important distinction here is that the only time county law enforcement state law enforcement the only time the protesters have been acted upon is when they've done illegal things like block a highway or trespass on private property or lock themselves to construction equipment or vandalize that construction equipment i mean these are the things that have have provoked really a, a law enforcement response which in a lot of ways i would argue is is what they want because that's that's what gets headlines but tell us I mean you're you're obviously in a in a leadership position in the county how's morale holding up I mean its it's and it's it's law enforcement they're on the front lines but it's got to be county workers as well I mean th- th- this it's been going on for months now it has to be taxing
2: Absolutely. Yeah. As you mentioned, you know, it's uh, law enforcement obviously is most directly uh, 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 influenced here. Um, they, they have the, they're shouldering a bulk of the work, but there's some of the admin staff and support staff. Uh, it's been long hours for them as well. In terms of morale, I would say morale is high, uh, but there's a level of fatigue. Um, this is, I think we're, uh, it's been one long day in my mind, but I think we're in day 85 or 86 of this. So it's, it's gone on a long time. Uh, we're thankful for the help that we've got from other counties and cities within North Dakota in terms of law enforcement personnel, um, as well as the the state the state highway patrol has been uh, integral in this as well. But we're small. Uh, the sheriff's department in Morton County's got uh, is 34 um, officers, so this we could not do this without the help of the the cities and counties around the state and now um, nationwide. There's a number of other states that have sent us resources as well.
0: 701-293-9000 888 talking with Morton County Commissioner Cody Schultz you know President Obama earlier this week uh, made some comments uh, about the pipeline he was asked about it and he said I quote I think right now the Army Corps of Engineers is examining whether there are ways to reroute this pipeline in a way uh, that he continued so we so we're going to let it play out for several more weeks and determine whether or not this can be resolved in a way that I think is properly attentive to the traditions of first Americans. When you heard those comments, what was your response?
2: Well, concern. Um, you know, when I when I hear the term let it play out, it indicates two things to me. Uh, you know, first, it appears uh, the president is taking uh, – a hands-off approach and instructing the federal agencies to do the same, and specifically regarding the the core easement. And I believe we're at a point here that all the stakeholders, law enforcement, protesters, uh, the pipeline workers, and landowners deserve some clarity and certainty in this situation. Uh, Secondly, you know, the the, the statement also seems to indicate that uh, the county and state are on their own in this. Um, And that's unfortunate, really, because this, in my mind, is a federal issue. Um, You know, at issue is a core easement. The protest camp is on Army Corps property, and the issue is tied up in federal court uh, with the involvement of three federal agencies. So so the fact that there's no uh, federal resources available or, or more federal involvement is, is of big concern to me.
0: 701 With any comments or questions, email talk at WDAY.com. I mean, what why I mean I obviously you know state and federal law enforcement in other contexts often work together I mean it's not an unusual thing we're all Americans and sometimes you know we're jurisdictional boundaries butt up against one another. Uh, there's always a working relationship there uh to to enforce the law and, and and to keep the peace Why do you think the federal government as as you said is is sort of um letting the state in, in Morton county, stand on their own i mean why why make that decision
2: honestly i don't know rob uh, i mean i i, I don't want to apply motives to this but i have to think that politics plays a part in it i mean I, the thing you mentioned earlier as well is um you know just recently in the last few days uh, we did have a, a pretty productive meeting Uh, with uh, Ron Davis, who is at the Department of Justice Cops office, um, fairly high up in the Department of Justice. And um, it was productive, um, but it was clear throughout that meeting that in D.C., they are not they don't have the facts. It appears they're getting some of the facts from some of the national media and, frankly, some of the social media. So once we were able to lay out um, what we were requesting, um, what we've been dealing with up to this point, um, it seemed that there was more understanding. And my hope is that he takes that back to D.C. And, and spreads that message. So I'm cautiously optimistic.
0: Give us some details on that. I mean, how, how, how are they misled? I mean, what, what facts don't they understand?
2: Um, well, many of the things that you indicated, you know, there were, there were things regarding um, use of force. Um, more questions, uh, not necessarily allegations, but questions is why did you do this, this, and this. Um, once we explained and, and gave them the background, there was some understanding. Um, the other thing... Um, in terms of the the nexus to federal law enforcement you know what i just just mentioned earlier is trying to explain to them why federal resources are are necessary and should be there that nexus to the federal property um, the issue that this is being frankly uh, delayed by federal agencies and and federal courts in our mind m- creates that federal nexus for federal law enforcement to come in
0: we have a call karen go ahead
1: hi In one month, or at the most two months, those California out-of-staters are going to discover that they're going to need an oil-based furnace in a building and also a car that drives on gasoline in order to even survive.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think the reality of of November, December in North Dakota is going to be coming down uh, pretty quickly. Thanks for the call, Karen. Appreciate it. Seven zero one two nine three nine thousand eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. Email talk at wday. dot com. So, I mean, I had Governor Jack Dalrymple on the program yesterday, and one one comment that he made is that the pipeline in construction in North Dakota at least all all of the construction outside of you know the, the portion under Lake Oahe and and immediately adjacent to, to to the reservoir that the federal government's upholding that construction's probably going to be done by this weekend so what i mean what's what's the game plan i mean what i i know it's unpredictable and and it, a lot of it depends on what the protesters choose to do but do you guys have a timeline? I mean, are you expecting maybe this to start to slow down a little bit as as the weather, you know, winter weather begins to manifest? And maybe as if there's not active construction going on, and maybe some of this might tamp down?
2: Uh, you know that's our hope. I mean, number one is that, and again, I, I want to make that, that that distinction and that separation regarding you know the illegal activity from from the protest itself. Regarding the protests, uh, we support that that continue can continue as long as it needs to. But uh, my, my expectation is, as you mentioned, the North Dakota winters are are not easy. Uh, you know, to to live in a camping environment, but that that brings up other other issues. You know, we, we're also um, uh, concerned with, with the safety and well-being of the protesters. And as it gets colder and if they're, you know, bringing um, propane heaters into enclosed areas, there's carbon monoxide issues and just a number of safety issues that have to be considered uh, on that end, too. So so that those considerations are there. In terms of the plan, uh, you know, our hope is to continue to simply um, get the roadways and keep the roadways open and um, enforce the, uh, the law as it relates to trespass law on private property. In terms of what type of resources that's going to take, we're a bit reactive on that. That just depends on on the actions uh, of the protesters.
0: Got a caller, Mara. Go ahead, Mara.
1: Yes, thank you for taking my call. Uh, I would like to say that the the election, I think, has sucked away a lot of the energy that this would do for the media. Uh, We would hear a lot more about it. But um, that said, I... I think if I were a leader, I would look at both sides and have compassion for them and try to bring things together. And I don't think we've heard from our governor. Uh, we haven't heard from him enough because I don't recall him saying anything. So I yeah. I, I feel for the indigenous people. Uh, this has happened around the world and it happens in Canada, the same thing. And... They uh, need to have their
2: voice heard. So yeah.
0: oh, I'll come up think, and, and listen. Sure. Thank, thanks for the call, Mara. And and Governor Downrumpel was on my program yesterday. I agree. I feel he could be a little bit more visible. But as, as far as indigenous voices being heard, Cody, I, I think that goes to a point you've made multiple times now during this interview is that, you know, lawful protest activity, everybody's fine with. Everybody supports. It's the unlawful stuff, blocking highways, trespassing, etc. That's been the problem, correct?
2: That's that's absolutely correct, Rob. You know, and early uh, one of the problems regarding uh, communication um, from from leaders, whether it's law enforcement or elected leaders, and, and these protest camps is there's no no formal leader, no formal authority within the camps. Um, uh, very early on, there were some, uh, if you want to say, uh, organic leaders, those that kind of rose to the top. Um, and during those times, there were, uh, I believe, twice when they want uh, protesters wanted to do a prayer march on 1806 and that was coordinated with the Morton County Sheriff's Department and the Highway Patrol and the Bureau of Indian Affairs, and we closed the road for that prayer march for safety. So when those things are asked and, you know, they're reasonable, we can help with, with the peaceful protests. Um, it's, it's the times when, you know, roads are closed, um, things like that. They're, those are safety issues, number one. And the other thing is other citizens have the right to travel those roads. They can't be closed. Right. Yeah. So peaceful protests, Absolutely.
0: Cody, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. Thanks, Rob. I'm Rob Port. More to come. Straight ahead. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob. Report last segment. Hey, Jay Thomas shows straight ahead, so stay tuned for that. we got John waiting patiently on the line. What's up, John?
2: Rob, I haven't heard anyone talk about this from this particular perspective, but uh, where does the county zoning come into this? And now think about this. If you and I go out to the National Grassland and start a campsite uh, right by Medora on on the National Grassland, somebody's going to chase us out there because we don't have a permit to camp there. Uh, Why can't Porton County, under the zoning ordinance, clear these people off the land?
0: Well, here's here's the thing is where they're camping is either a Standing Rock tribal land, which is where Morton County does not have jurisdiction or b U.S. Army Corps of Engineers land, which is the federal government. Now, Morton County has and that was part of what Commissioner Schultz was talking about. Morton County has repeatedly requested that the federal government clear these camps out or or do something about them because those you know, the, the camps on federal land. Uh, are being used. Uh, they, they were home to some of the, the more extreme, I, I would say, violent factions of it. The Red Warrior camp uh, is one of those factions. Uh, you know, asking the federal government to clear them off. Now, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers uh, said they wouldn't, and it's. I mean, it's a very ugly situation because not only did the protesters never get a permit from the federal government to camp there. Uh, at least some of that land, the federal government had actually leased grazing rights to a rancher. Now now imagine if you're that rancher who paid for that lease to graze your cattle on that land, and you can't because there's protesters there, and the federal government won't do anything about it. So what you're talking about is it's not really Morton County's problem. I mean, Morton County can't do anything about that. That's It's federal land. The federal government's got to do something about it. Now, yesterday, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers did give Morton County some authority to to clear some protesters or keep them from trespassing uh, on some of the property. So things are improving there, but that's a federal government problem. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it, John. Uh, That's it. Remember, you can catch me here 1 to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday on The Rob Report. Jay Thomas Show coming up next. Also, sayanythingblog.com, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again.